Hello, and thank you for joining me. My name is Paul Nichols. I'm the president of Financial Abundance, a registered investment advisory firm in State College, Pennsylvania, as well the host of It's Your Money. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and I hope this can be uh, fruitful for you in the time that you spend. I'm going to go over a couple things that are going on in the market right now and uh, doing a market update primarily, and this is... uh, For the week of uh, Thanksgiving, actually, Uh, it's been a tumultuous year. It's been a crazy year this year, as many of you know. Uh, Let's get right into the market update. And the intent of the market update is to give people a picture of the different areas of the market and what's going on. We believe that education leads to clarity. Clarity leads to confidence. Uh, And only with confidence can you make good decisions and and have peace and peace of mind over those. Um, And, you know, when the market's up and down and most of us, uh, it's not if it's not your vocation, it's not what you do. uh, It's one of those things that a little tidbit of news can be a real positive or a real negative, uh, depending on uh, what your view of that is and um, and how you might think it impacts the market. Uh, Of late, of course, we've had a lot of uh, news related to the election and and different things like that, as well as COVID. And uh, uh, people really believe, uh, I think, to their dismay, is that the right term, Uh, 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 that uh, politics has a larger influence on the market uh, than it really does. Uh, and historically, uh, it doesn't seem to have it over the long term. Sure, short term, it feels like it does, uh, but it really doesn't uh, have a huge impact because uh, entrepreneurs are going to do what they do to solve the problem. Capitalists are going to do what they need to do to solve the problem. Uh, so in the business realm, it's not so much about he said, she said, uh, it's, it's facts, um, and right now, uh, we look back at the beginning of the year, March, COVID started the March, around March 19th of this year, uh, the market was at its lowest point, uh, really was down dramatically. Uh, nobody knew what was going to happen and so on and go- so forth with the pandemic. Uh, but as of this week, boy, has it rebounded dramatically. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Let me just go ahead and get into this market update. My intent here is to give you an index. An index is a group of companies that's measured by a particular index. Most of you have heard of the Dow Jones index. That's 30 large companies uh, that represents that index. The S&P 500 uh, is roughly 500 predominantly large growth companies. That's a pretty good indicator of the overall economic quality uh, of where we are at any given point. So it's an index. It's a snapshot. It's something you can look at and, and compare it. Uh, to where you are. And we do this on a regular basis um, when we compare the different areas uh, of investment in the market. Uh, Let me back up. Portfolio design. Uh, We believe that, uh, uh, and the science certainly supports, that diversification works, that you want to own equity stocks, you want to rebalance on a periodic basis uh, with triggers, uh, and uh, and you want to diversify. You want to own everything, umbrella suntan lotion, because you never know uh, what the winner was un- until you have the benefit of hindsight. So it's always good to take a, a quick snapshot of the market update to see how are the different areas of the market doing. And I hope that you have a well-diversified portfolio. And, and let me make this point. A well-diversified portfolio is not always sexy, for lack of a better term. It's not always... Uh, 
something that's uh, really cool. It, it sometimes it's kind of mundane and boring, and uh, and, and you wonder why uh, it's not going up when you hear ten bits of the news, and you wonder why it's not going down when you hear other tidbits of the news. But a, a well diversified portfolio. Think of it as a global portfolio that you basically would have the vast majority of all the companies and all the free markets in the world, uh, all those that have value with with some filtering process that gives you an end result of a well-diversified portfolio, probably looking at 18, 20, 22 totally separate different areas or asset classes. Think of a, uh, think of a big pie and the different uh, slices of the pie would be different asset classes. An asset class might be small companies, might be large, might be U.S. large, might be uh, international large, it might be emerging markets, it could be cash or bonds. These are different areas that make up the entire investment landscape. So let's get into it. S&P 500 year to date, as of November 23rd, business close, year to date, the S&P 500 uh, is up 10%. It has been the winner, winner, chicken dinner uh, for quite a while now. The last five years, roughly, large has been up, and most of the other companies uh, have been fledgling, primarily uh, due to the fact that uh, uh, the tech companies have really uh, pulled up large as a whole. Uh, and you know, when an area is up, you want to rebalance and sell some of that and buy stuff that's down, which is totally counterproductive. It takes a lot of discipline to do that. Uh, and now you'll see the proof in the pudding as time goes by, but when you're doing it, you sometimes wonder, is this the right thing? Uh, and I'm going to give you a great analogy for that before we're done uh, that might help some of you uh, wrap your head around that. Uh, but let's go ahead. S&P 500 is up 10.73%. Now, I'm going to give you something extra that I normally don't do, and that is the quarter. This quarter to date, because it's just been it's been phenomenal as we've started to see a new term they're using called rotation. I'm going to hit on that in a minute, um, which is just a marketing term in my opinion. But the uh, S&P 500 is up 10.7%. The Russell 1000, that measures value companies, not growth companies. Growth companies are different than value companies. Value company, Russell 1000 is negative. Uh, it's one of the indexes that's down. So so large uh, value companies are down right now, 1.2% uh, for the year. But the last quarter, they're up almost 12%. Uh, so uh, everything's rebounding dramatically. It's really, uh, we're probably 1% or 2% uh, off uh, uh, the highs right now uh, for the year. In other words, we're still about 1% or 2% down in the aggressive type portfolios to get back from the downfall in March, but most portfolios are back in the black for the year. Russell 2000, which measures small or micro companies, it's up 10% year to date. What's really amazing, in the last quarter, it's gone up 20%, uh, which is really healthy, especially when we've been rebalancing into small for quite a while. Uh, with the growth that we've had from large. We go to Russell 2000 value, which measures not small growth, but small value companies. Year to date, it's still down about 2%. Small has really been hammered with COVID. COVID's a big part of why small is down. Large companies uh, have done okay, but small really taken a hit. They're starting to rebound now. In fact, this quarter to date, 25% a small values up. So uh, this is why you own it. Now what we're finding is a lot of major investors are just starting to jump back into it rather than uh, owning it all along, uh, which of course is one of the uh, 
the tenets of sound investing, own equities, diversify, and rebalance. So in the U.S., uh, we're heading back into the black right now. Uh, some are already in the black, large growth and small growth uh, for the year. But we've had a phenomenal uh, quarter so far, this last fourth quarter of 2020. When we look at the international market, it's a little different picture. It's been rocky uh, there for a while now. Uh, it, it's been really uh, uh, one of those things the last few years. It, it's been really uh, kind of a rocky, uh, volatile roller coaster ride. But let's look at the Morgan Stanley Capital International. We're going to look at various index that uh, Morgan Stanley Capital International index puts out. They have the uh, what they call the Morgan Stanley Capital International World Index, and that's made up of uh, predominantly more of your developed markets like your Australia, Canada, Germany, uh, Netherlands, UK, and so on. And it, it's about 1.9% uh, up year to date, so just fledgling. Um, and, you know, in a well-diversified portfolio, own equities, diversify, rebalance, you should be buying more of that and should have been buying it all along. Uh, with some of the profits from the other areas, which has been predominantly large. When we go to the uh, Europe, Australia, and Far East, which is another Morgan Stanley index, uh, this would look at uh, measuring equity performance of developed markets, excluding North America, U.S., and Canada. Uh, and it's up about 2% uh, at this point. When we go into uh, the Morgan Stanley EFA or Europe, Australia, Fa Far East, uh, and look at uh, that area, uh, which would be different. This would be um, value, not growth. It's down 7%. So growth is up about 2 but value is down 7%. So you have a 9% uh, spread there. In Morgan Stanley, uh, Europe, Australia, Far East, small, it's up 4 and a quarter. When we look at uh, small value, it's down about 4 and a half. Uh, so they're kind of washing each other out right now. When we look at the emerging market area, emerging market would probably be the most fruitful area uh, as I am uh, recording this today. Uh, the emerging market would look at capitalization of the emerging markets, including countries like Argentina, Brazil, Colombia, uh, the Czech Republic, Indonesia, Israel, Morocco, uh, South Africa. These would be your smaller, um, less developed countries, if you will, uh, as it relates to the marketplace. It's up almost 12%. So it's done really, really well. I'd say that would be the winner, winner, chicken dinner for uh, Morgan Stanley for the international area. And then when we look at the emerging small, it's up 9%. Uh, so uh, the emerging markets as a whole are doing pretty well. The only area that's a little fledging would be the emerging markets value. So growth, Large and small are doing really well, almost 10% respectively, uh, but we got, we're down uh, about one and three quarters on the value arena. Uh, interesting, barrel of oil, 43.85 as of this morning, which is just mind-boggling. We think, what, how many years ago was it, 110 bucks a barrel? Um, but I think uh, that goes to a little bit of energy independence where we are with fracking and stuff right now. We're not importing as much oil as we used to. We're exporting more. Uh, and then gold. You know, it's interesting. Whenever people get the get news and they look at things out there, they always uh, want to run to gold. And most people just uh, really don't understand uh, uh, how that works. It's another commodity. It's no different than corn or anything else. Now, uh, there's always the argument gold's never going to be worth nothing. But uh, when was the market ever worth nothing? Uh, it's marketing. Uh, it is a fear buy. Am I saying don't own it? A well-diversified portfolio, you're already going to own it. 
You're going to own companies that mine gold. You're going to own companies uh, that deal in gold. You're going to own different types of companies. We've never been a large proponent of doubling down by filling up your safe with gold. Uh, because if everything goes to hell in a handbasket, what good is the gold going to do you anyway? I mean, nobody's going to care about uh, money. They're going to be caring about food and other types of things. It's a doom and gloom type of buy. And it's 1804 right now. And it wasn't that long ago, folks, maybe six weeks, uh, I'm guessing. Uh, it was about 2000 an ounce. At that point, I was encouraging everyone I knew to, uh, to sell it uh, and uh, take that and spread it across the global marketplace uh, where you are able to harness all the energy of all of us getting up and going to work every day. See, that's why it's important to own a global-based portfolio, diversify and rebalance, because when you own all the companies, or the vast majority of companies in the U.S. and across the world, you're harnessing the innovation, uh, the, 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 the insight, the energy of all the people that are contributing to those companies, and those companies that do well are profitable, and shareholders can take advantage of that. So... Uh, Think about it. If you if you had the option to invest in one thing versus five hundred things, uh, the one thing if you knew it was going to be good and had a crystal ball, that would be a different story. People always want to say, "Well, yeah, I bought Microsoft in nineteen eighty. Look at it now." Or Apple. Uh, yeah, how many other companies did you buy that didn't though? Uh, and that's that's a tough thing. See, stock picking, mark timing, market timing, and track record investing are very difficult strategies to employ with any consistency and predictability. Uh, and this is what makes investing so challenging uh, because we really believe the idea of staying ahead of the news and, and, and having insight as to what was going to happen in the future is how you went in the market. Yeah, you know, a pig roots up an acorn every so often. But if you want, if you want to look at it from a long-term perspective, knowing that we're going to have the ability to have appreciation and income down the road, we need to, we need to harness all that energy around the world. Uh, which brings me to this term rotation. We're hearing this a lot lately um, from a lot of the big financial gurus. Uh, they're employing rotation, which is to me just another form of stock picking and market timing, which don't have the best empirical results uh, when you look at all the studies. Um, so rotation is, is basically uh, like me calling you as a client and saying, hey, we need to employ some rotation now and take some of the money out of large and, and put it in small. Well, why are we doing that now? What triggered that? What, 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 what metric triggered that we do that versus owning it all along? Now, for those of us that have been rebalancing, especially the last five years, out of large into small, painfully so... Okay, because small's been down and large has been up. In fact, we have the largest disparity or the largest spread between large and small that we've had in almost 100 years. It's a 20% spread. Uh, large is up five. Uh, small's been down quite a, around 15. This is it's changing now just in the last quarter. Uh, but, this, uh, but the fact that small started to recover, now you have all these all these investors running towards small, which just helps us even more because it's been green all week for the most part. We had a little dip earlier, I think, uh, last week. Um, and it's one of those things where it's, it's a ploy to allow you to, sh and under, the, under the guise of trying to do the right thing, because a lot of uh, investor um, uh, people in the industry, finance, Wall Street, believe that they can stock pick and market time and track record invest in their hubris uh, uh, nature and their elite clouds. Uh, and they really believe 
that they have the ability to go out and, and pick it right, and they're the guru, but uh, we just don't see the proof in the pudding. But we're seeing a lot of rotation uh, in their verbiage and their terminology, which is nothing more than people selling large and buying small. Uh, which they should have been doing all along in a well-diversified portfolio because the three tenets of academic, prudent investing are own equities, diversify, and rebalance. Let me share a quick story with you to kind of tie off today uh, that speaks to this whole concept of rebalancing. Uh, and it's always tough. You know, it takes discipline if you're going to get uh, what the market will bear. Uh, and really, what is the goal when you go into investing is to get a market rate of return. Now, sometimes a market rate of return is not going to be a positive return for the year. Sure, you'll have areas that are up and other areas that are down, but in a well-diversified portfolio, sometimes the areas that are down even pull down the area that's up as a whole. So let me illustrate this a little bit. I had a, uh, a client, and we were having a conversation. He, he's an engineer, and he was telling me about a farmer friend of his, and uh, we were talking about this idea, idea of the market being down when you look at the balance of an account, but at the same time, understanding that there's a lot more value in it at the same time, which is kind of a, is that an oxymoron? I guess that wouldn't be an oxymoron, but it, it doesn't make sense. It's counter. And so he said, let me see if I understand this. What you're saying is, I had 100 pigs at the beginning of the year. COVID came along toward the end of March, and I still had 100 pigs. They were just skinnier pigs. In other words, he was trying to understand this, this idea of rebalancing and, 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 and how that works and how it benefits him because he's just looking at the balance of his account. And in March, it didn't look very good. Uh, because the whole market was down. The whole, basically, the whole world was down with the exception of tech companies, which make up a huge part of the S&P 500. Just a few companies, by the way. So he was trying to, to work this out in his head. And he's saying, well, so at the beginning of the year, I had 100 pigs. I still have 100 pigs here in March or back in March. Uh, they're just skinnier. And I said, yes, in concept, yes, that's good. Now, we could take some of these pigs to market right now and make bacon out of them. Uh, but then what we've done is we've basically locked it in at that point. We've locked it in at that weight, so to speak. But at the same time, we have this, these hundred skinny pigs in this cur current environment. Sometimes you're going to have a couple pigs that are pretty fat, large in this example, large companies. So we're going we're gonna to take a couple of those hefty, healthy, fat pigs, so to speak, to market. And we're going to sell them. And we're going to buy some more skinny pigs. So when you think about it, you start with the hundred pigs. The market goes down. They're a little skinnier. We're going to take some of the healthy pigs, sell them off, and buy more skinny pigs. Because when the market turns and those pigs start to get healthier, uh, you're going to have a lot more value and the account balance would be uh, very clear at that point. So I, I, let me rephrase it. Sometimes you look at the balance and you're going, geez, I'm in a well-diversified portfolio. My account balance is down right now but the underlying value is greater, how can that be? You just got skinny pigs, but we got more pigs. See, in rebalancing, the idea is to take some of the healthy stuff that you have and take that profit off the table to buy more pigs, but you have to spread it out in an equal, in an equal way. You have to have target and actual percentages that you're going after. All this has to be preset and pre-designed if you really want to have any type of consistency and long-term growth in your portfolio. So the point of the market update and why we do it at Financial Abundance uh, is to give people an idea of how the market's doing, the, the health of the market at any given point, but also 
to reiterate or to stress, if you will, the importance of a well-diversified portfolio. You want to own umbrellas, suntan lotion. You want to you own the entire global marketplace because you never know what's up. And here, here's a great example in this market update. Right now, we see that uh, Europe, Australia, Far East is down 4.5%, uh, but emerging markets is up. So if we were going to rebalance that, uh, we would take some of the emerging markets, which is almost 12%, sell some of those fat pigs, and we'd get a heck of a good deal, wouldn't we, on some of those small ones that are down right now? That's the concept. That's the idea. That's long-term investing with prudence and discipline, and this is what we need to be reminded over and over again, especially uh, when we're having Thanksgiving dinner with family or maybe if you're having it with family this year uh, and you got your brother-in-law I like to pick on the brother-in-law uh, that's talking about all the wins he's made in the market uh, and when you whenever I hear that from somebody and I press them a little bit I find that the win might have been in one particular area but when you look at the rest of the areas it's not as sweet as it looks you know it's hard to go to Las Vegas come back without winning and 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 admit that you know, nobody loses in Vegas, right? Uh, uh, you know, the, the human condition doesn't allow us always to admit sometimes our fallacies. Uh, with that being said, let me leave it here. Uh, I want to encourage any of you, if you need more information when one, or would like to learn about investing, you would like to be able to get a better idea of where you're being led by understanding more about how the market works. It's not as hard as a lot of us think. I know there's all kinds of verbiage and that type of stuff, but the key thing is you don't need to know everything. You just need to know the few right things, which is why investor coaching has been so absolutely fruitful uh, lucrative and uh, uh, and encouraging for us and many of our clients because people want to know. They don't need to know everything, but they got to have an idea of what's going on so that when things start to get rocky, uh, they just don't fall back in a trust model. I think a trust model is wonderful once you realize competency is there, but competency must be sought out first before trust could ever be developed. With that being said, I'm going to end it. Before I get long-winded, this is Paul Nichols, the Investor Coach, pulling back the curtain on the financial services industry and exposing the truth about money and investing. We believe that education leads to clarity and clarity leads to confidence. And only with confidence can you have peace of mind. Would you like to have some more confidence? Give us a call. Check out our website, faicoach.com. There's all kinds of tools, blogs, and stuff on there. If you'd like to learn more, all you got to do is pick up the phone, shoot us an email, uh, and we will respond uh, appropriately. Thanks for listening. Have a most awesome holiday. I hope you enjoy uh, your family or whatever family is with you and uh, get a chance to eat some turkey. Uh, and uh, it's a good time and a uh, time to reflect and renew uh, about all the blessings that we have. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.